Welcome one, welcome all. How is everybody doing? Welcome to an all new You Need a Horror podcast. And I already love this kid. Uh, Nick, we've got Elliot here from Little Punk People. And this kid's taking the world by storm with this new film, Terrifier 2. I mean, this is crazy what's going on, dude. I bet your whole I bet your whole life has just been like this crazy whirlwind in the last, I don't know, five, six months. Oh yeah, it, it definitely has. Um, even when I heard that I got the role, like do, just seeing that audition, um, because I was already a fan of the first Terrifier, um, not All Hallows Eve. I watched that one a little later, but uh, I was already a fan of Terrifier, and I saw that audition. I was freaking out, I was nerding out, and when I got the role, I was so ecstatic. Um, and filming with Damien, David, uh, Lauren, it was whole cast and crew is so wonderful and um to see that uh the movie is getting you know a lot of recognition it was in theaters you know my mind was absolutely blown yeah and we're gonna we're gonna get there because nick i think nick's favorite film and and a crazy thing elliot i think a lot of people's favorite horror movie last year was terrifier 2 we went and saw these big a24 films we went and saw uh halloween ends and i remember nick came up we were talking we were talking about this nick was like christian i can't believe this but this this couple hundred thousand dollar budget horror film is better than these big budget movies i'm seeing like what's going on i mean uh but i me and nick were so excited to book you because we were just the movie is just incredible to people it's changing it's like it took over the world and we're so excited to have you to talk about it uh but I don't know if Nick is is aware of your history with what you've done on YouTube. And for the viewers, that may be your first time we've ever seen you was Terrifier 2. I knew you from Little Punk People. We were talking a little bit about this before the air. Can you kind of tell us how, how did all that start? You had to have had cool parents, right, that got you involved yes. with like the good music. And mm -hmm. tell me about tell me about your start into the social media and the YouTube world. Well, yes, I I uh, have to give a big thank you to my parents because they they got me into all my favorite music, all my favorite bands, my favorite horror movies. Um, they are the absolute best, and they actually pushed me and encouraged me to do YouTube and do all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it started. I was not I was nine years old, and I really wanted to do content and stuff because I was just I was just a nine year old watching YouTube and stuff and. I was like, why don't we take advantage? Because my parents are also vendors. This is like my mom's art. Uh, she would vend at all these horror conventions and stuff. And you're like, why don't we take advantage of going to these horror conventions to interview some of our favorite horror celebrities or music celebrities? And it, uh, it just kept expanding and expanding and expanding. And it was just such, it, and I still do interviews, but obviously with the, with Terrifier, oh, I was pointing at the wrong. Let's see your poster right over there, huh? <laughs> There's yeah. no poster over here. Um, uh, with all the success of Terrifier and my music and stuff, it's just I've just been so busy. Otherwise, I'd also be still doing uh, interviews as well. Yeah, and yeah. dude, you 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 interviewed with little punk people. I remember you did some big stuff. Correct me if I'm didn't didn't you talk to James Hetfield? Yes. Yes. How does how, how does that happen? How do you how do you get that opportunity? Well, it was a friend of a friend of a friend. It was like that, right? Um, and also, I'm sure. Uh, once they actually got to Metallica, or whatever they when they looked at the interviews, they saw uh, a nerdy metalhead kid who interviewed maybe some of their favorite bands or something like that. Um, but either way, it, actually, it started. It was supposed to just originally be Robert Trujillo, uh, and I was super super excited. It's like, oh my god, Metallica, Robert Trujillo, one of my favorite bassists. 
And then a couple of days before the interview, they said, oh, actually, James Hetfield's going to be doing it. I was like, what? What? Yeah. That's, <laughs> Nick's, that's one of Nick's favorite bands. He loves Metallica. Uh, that was my class. favorite band growing up. Yeah. Still one of my favorite metal bands of all time. I and mean, it's just, they're classic. I mean, how can you be master of puppets? You know, Ride the Lightning is just two, some, of, some of the most classic albums and songs in metal history. So, so how how nerve I gotta know like how nervous are you when you're getting ready to talk to James Hetfield because he seemed like a sweetheart but like you, you associate the personality with the music right so in my mind this guy's gonna be dooming and just like you know but it seemed like he couldn't have been nicer. Actually, uh, I've been very very lucky. I haven't really dealt with anyone that's been mean to me during interviews. Um, everyone has actually been really, really nice and respectful and kind, which has been just such a beautiful thing. Um, but I'm so glad you brought up being nervous for interviewing James Hetfield because I was, that was probably one of the top three most nervous moments of my life. Uh, just because they, they had me sitting down in a waiting room beforehand, right? And James Hetfield was supposed to walk in at any time. So the entire time while sitting down in that waiting room, it was just like pulsating nerves. Uh, I was just. Yeah. Because especially, I mean, James Heffield was one of the people that got me into even playing guitar because, uh, I mean, ESP pickups, you know, with the Explorer Gibson guitar. I mean, one of my favorite rhythm guitarists, so was Kirk Hammett, was, was one of my favorite lead guitarists. So I was just nerding out and very, very uh, nervous. And uh, sometimes uh, while we were waiting in the waiting room, there would be like a staff or like a crew just to go in and like clean something or like take an item out and walk away. So I'd be like, Oh, James. Oh, yeah. Oh, James. Have you <laughs> and then once he finally came there, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's a metal God standing before me. Um, so yes, I was very, I was very nervous. Yeah. You know, like your music taste to me is, is so impressive because again, another thing with little punk with little punk people I've noticed was, uh, I'm assuming you're you you interviewed a nameless a nameless uh ghoul at the time. What from do you know if that was actually uh the singer Tobias that you were interviewing that during was, that time? Yeah, that was Papa. Yeah. Yes. Tell me about you. Tell before because look, the audience is obviously they want to know about Terrifier too. I know Nick has a thousand questions about that, but before we get to that, because like you're a fascinating kid to me. Your music taste, where does this come from? Is it your parents? Is it is it partly getting into horror too? Because horror sh certainly shaped, like I wouldn't have been a Misfits fan if it wasn't for getting into horror movies and stuff like that. And now now I worship Danzig. He's one of my favorite, you know, singers ever. How how does, you, how does your music taste get shaped the way it is? Oh, well, it was, like you said, parents. Uh, my mom, my mom and dad uh, were into all the, the, the best of the best punk bands, metal bands, thrash bands, death metal bands, you know? And then um, also they love not only metal and punk and all that stuff, but jazz and 80s alternative music and indie alternative music. It, it just, so I was very, very lucky that my parents have like an incredible uh, music taste because it kind of, like you said, you know, sh shaped my life. Right. Um, and yes, one thing that I've noticed, which I which I absolutely love, is horror and metal music seem to go very hand in hand. Um, I don't I don't know why, but I mean both communities seem to love a lot of horror movies, and also of course they love the Misfits, 
right? Which is punk or maybe Metallica or, or uh, Slayer or something like that. So I, uh, yeah, so there is definitely a, like a, a combination of horror and metal in my life. Yeah. That's incredible. And I see you put out your, you, we'll get to this really quick. You're a musician. You've got a record out, right? You have your vinyl, which dude, that's gotta be amazing. That's my dream is for my band to release music on vinyl. Oh yeah. You, know? you have, you have no idea that that was also one of my dreams <laughs> reading yeah. my mind over here. Uh, that was, I'm a huge vinyl nerd myself. I have, I collect records uh, and, um, it's one of my favorite things to do is go to the record store and flip through the vinyl, you know? Um, and once I finally had my album in my hands to see that I was just freaking out. Uh, it was, it was crazy. And people seem to like it because it's sold out on my, uh, on the little punk people.net store in the right. menu, which is, which is insane. I'm so happy for you, dude. And you're talented. Like you, you're really talented. You're a great guitar player. You're a great singer. I, I listen to you. So dude, that's awesome. Is there, is there going to be a place for people to get the vinyl again if they want to? Is it going to be restocked on the website? or? Oh, I have uh, no idea. I mean, of course, I think down the line, I would, if, if, it was, if it was my decision, my absolute goals, uh, I would want to have unlimited vinyl. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, I mean, the only problem is, is that the record plants and vinyl plants have been so pushed back because of COVID. It's crazy. So yeah. I, I was severely, severely lucky to get mine in as quick as I did. Yeah. Um, but if I do, I'll be making social media posts. I'll be telling people. Uh, so yes, awesome. probably one day in the future. And also uh, I'm going to try my best to have some records and vinyl and CDs at shows and live shows and stuff. Good so, for you. So. Good for you. That's awesome. Uh, so Nick, look, the I know that you're good at reading the audience's mind on which what we would like to learn about Terrifier 2 and stuff. Where do you want to start with this kid? Because, I mean, this kid was there. So wait, where are we going first? Well, like for me personally, I, I didn't watch Terrifier when it first came out. And I saw, I believe it was on Netflix after not long. And like, yeah, it was on Netflix because I remember my wife would always see the clown and she'd be like, no, I'm not watching that. She'd like turn away because she's terrified of clowns. So I was like, I'll get around to watching this one day. And when I finally did, I was like, I think most people with that first movie were like, dude, Art the Clown is gnarly. These kills are gnarly. But like, I just don't really care for the characters. And like, that was the point for the first movie. So for the second movie to have such a focus on the characters I loved and I love you in the movie. I love Lauren in the movie. And I'm just wondering, like, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but like that chemistry that you and Lauren have, it seems to be really real. You guys seem to re really get along. What was that process like building that camaraderie? Like, did you guys hit it off immediately or like, was there, cause I know some actors when they get paired with somebody, they're like, okay, I'm going to take, we're going to take a few weeks. We're going to hang out. We're going to get to know each other. Like, what was that like? Because I got to say, it comes across on screen and, and I think you guys both gave really good performances and you seem like, like siblings. Yes, we do actually seem like siblings and we actually even kind of look like siblings too, which is, which is incredible casting. Uh, Lauren is the absolute sweetest. We actually hit it off right away. Um, uh, and she always treated me like her little brother and like I always treated her like she was my big sister. Um, the very first time I ever met Lauren was at my callback audition. It was my second audition for Terrifier. I did four auditions. It was my second one, and that's when I very first met her. Uh, and 
I felt the chemistry right away. I felt like I was talking to my big sister and I was Jonathan in that audition room. And then um, on my fourth audition, I uh, met her again for the very second time and she was the best. So I, of course, had my my, my lines uh, memorized and stuff, but then also what they did is like, oh, okay, well, here's some more lines. Uh, you can just read them for this one. We're, we're curious how you uh, how you are in this scene, in this scene. And what Lauren did, which is so big sistery, <laughs> uh, she uh, brought me to the other room and read the lines and practiced them with me before we went back to the table with Damien and the producers and uh, the rest of the crew. Um, so, and... and She's just the absolute sweetest. She's the best. So, yes, right off from the start, she was my big sis and I was her little brother. Yeah, and, and I was going to say, like, you guys do seem like a family. You guys seem to get along. I got I to gotta ask you, though, like, seriously, because I know you get blamed for a lot of the stuff that happens in the movie with your mom. Uh, do you think do you think he had that side to him? Do you think Jonathan would have graffitied that car like that? Do you think he held those feelings toward his mom? No, I think he was just very uh, a misunderstood kid, according to her mom. I, I think at his heart, he was he meant well, um, and he was just obsessed with what could have possibly happened to his dad because he saw the sketches in, in, in the drawing of Art the Clown and all the stuff of Miles County Clown, and he was researching and stuff. And then if you really think about it, the stuff that happened uh, to Jonathan – and the mom thought it was him. It was actually just Art the Clown, like the, the possum being thrown at me. Yep. Uh, yep. I don't think, because I feel like I relate a lot to Jonathan and his soul. I try to bring a lot of me into it. Um, and of course, Damien is an incredible writer and the way he wrote him, it just felt very <laughs> easy to just walk into Jonathan. Um, yeah. I would say he has a good kind heart and wouldn't graffiti a car because I don't think I would ever be able to graffiti a car. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Well, yeah, no, and and I, I know not actually, but I, I, I do want to know, though, like being on set and, and you're doing this and kind of give us an idea of what Damien is like, because Damien's got this visual flair to his movies. It's like even with Terrifier 2, where he, he had a little bit more and it was definitely more of a serious production, you know, not as low budget, still low budget and indie, but not like the first one was like. What is it like this guy, like you watch these movies and you're like, I'm scared for like, is this person all right? And obviously as horror fans, like we don't feel that way, but like a casual movie goer would be like, who thinks of this sick stuff? But like, I would imagine Damien is probably like the coolest, most down to earth dude in the world. Like, what was it like being on set with him and seeing all this nasty stuff happen and be like, I'm having a blast. You are completely right with him being one of the most kind, humble, down-to-earth people. He is so cool to be around, and he is an incredible director, incredible writer, incredible visual effects artist, um, and uh, to work with him, he one thing you have to say is he knew exactly what he wanted. He had a picture in his mind of, he had a picture in his mind what Sienna was going to be like before he even cast Lauren, and that poster... Uh, even I don't know, you can it's, see it a little bit. We, that was made before they cast Lauren. So he you, it's you're almost kidding. Like, yeah, no, I'm not kidding. It's almost like he conjured a movie in his mind. He's a genius. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> and his special wow. effects, his special effects work and everything is was such so mind-blowing to see live because I love just the cool uh you know uh, real practical effects. That that that's just so cool to me. Just if you can get it. Uh, without digitally putting it in, I feel like it gives a more 
it's in camera dude it's yeah. like it's tangible you exactly know? exactly um i all i have to say is damien is a genius <laughs> he knows what he wants and he is super super kind he's the sweetest and down-to-earth person dude he he had to have he had to have done so much prep work for this movie it's unreal right because I, you know, but let, let me let me switch gears for a second, Elliot. Let me let me. I want to get inside. How old are you now? If you don't mind me asking, I'm 18. You're 18. Okay, cool. Take okay. So let's go back to. You said you did four auditions. Mm -hmm. Tell me, because like I've I've I looked you up on IMDb. I saw you've done some stuff in TV shows. You have to forgive me. I haven't seen what those were. Was it small? Uh, uh, were you was it what do you call it? Were you an extra on a show here or there or something? It wasn't like extra. It was more of like, oh, you're in. Here's a flashback scene, or just like a, like a character that will have like a couple lines, but you never see ever again. <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. So this was obviously your first role where it's like you've got a lot on your plate. You're you're a you're a you're a lead actor, a leader, supporting actor in the role, whatever you want to call it. You're on screen as much as anybody. Do take me back. Okay. Tell me, how do you even hear about this? How does this get on your plate? And when it does, does your pops or your mom, do they kind of say, look, because I'm assuming you had seen the first Terrifier when this comes across your desk. Do they say, don't get your hopes up, do your best, but look, take it day at a time. Because if it was me, I'm already thinking to myself, this is this this is going to be my job. I've got to do this. I'd be overly excited. Take me through the mental state you were in when this first comes across your plate and how do you even hear about this? Like, when does this all start? I need to know the genesis of your journey with this movie. The genesis of my journey. Um, it started with, uh, so I have an agent, um, but this movie was, uh, I was casted. Uh, the only way that we found it was actually my dad. He decided randomly one day to look on a website called actors access and terrifier two was on there. And he's like, terrifier two. Oh my gosh. Cause we we're fans of terrifier. Um, and we just simply submitted me. I submitted myself for two roles for Jonathan and um, one of the kids that uh, is messing around with the possum with the scene with Felissa Rose. Um, and they said that I looked the part for Jonathan, so I did the auditions for Jonathan. Um, the very first audition was a self-tape, which is just filming at home, uh, one of the scenes. And then the second scene, uh, no, the second audition was uh, of those same lines, and that was in person with Damien Lauren. Um, and then the third audition was another self tape, and that was me practicing my screams. <laughs> okay, time out, time out, time out, time yeah. out. You practicing your scream. So, so is it as literal as they say? Okay, we need you to have. What does that mean, practicing? Do you just literally have to just scream into a camera? I, I don't. I don't fully remember, but I think that's kind of what it was. It, it was a scream test, technically. I think that's what they called it. Um, and I couldn't film it here because if I live in an apartment, so if like any neighbors heard me, <laughs> what they calling the cops over and over and over again, not only if, even if we warned them and said, Oh, we're going to be screening, it's going to be annoying. So we actually went to New York, um, to film it, of uh, just me screaming over and over and over and over again. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, I think it was just screams unless there was lines as well, um, with it and then screams. And then, uh, my final audition was at. The producer Phil's house, um, and that was also my top three most nervous moments of my life because I was standing in the car outside the producer's house of Terrifier Two, right. and Terrifier, and, and um, 
uh, just to go in there, walk in there. I mean, I was uh, very, very nervous and very, very, but excited at the same time. And I'm just happy it went really well. Now, do you, when, is there a certain point where you kind of know, okay, this, this is my role? Oh, oh man. Cause you said you talked to you, you were, Lauren was going behind. Cause it sounds, look, it sounds to me like she liked you and she wanted you to have this role. If she's going back with you to practice, maybe I, maybe she's just that sweet of a girl. But to me, it sounds like she says, I like this kid. I want this kid to be my brother. Yes, they, they, is that a fair statement? Yes, uh, David, Lauren, everyone wanted me to, for that role. But the only problem was my height. Because they were, <laughs> yeah, you got tall. Wanted, well, they wanted a kid that was maybe a little younger, a little smaller, but they just really liked my acting. So they added a line, uh, tallest kid in my class. <laughs> there, there you <laughs> so go. There you go. Um, but you're talking about the, the whole mental state. Um, it was at the very, very beginning, it was mainly just nerves. And, and just nerves and then you're saying talking about my parents uh and how, how were they uh guiding me through this they were actually just telling me to go for it because uh they are some of the most supportive people that i have a really good support system both my good. mom and dad are amazing uh, so awesome um and it was nerves and then the very first day of filming i was a little nervous well actually very nervous <laughs> and then um the whole rest after that first day i was completely confident and it felt wonderful yeah, that's awesome. Nick, what, what you got next? So I, I wanted to, uh, I mean, I, I can't pick your brain too much about this, but I think a lot of people are wondering, we've heard things and I just want to, have you been in contact with Damien about where this goes from here? And do you expect Jonathan to still be in the cards for a potential Terrifier 3? Is, is that something, are these conversations happening? The only thing I know and I'm aware of is that Jonathan will be in Terrifier 3. Um, other than that, okay. I have no other information. <laughs> Damien is, is really good at, at, you know, he he likes to have it in his mind and, and ready before he's, like, telling everyone. Um, but, yes, all I know is because I, I feel confident saying this because in one of the last interviews I did with Damien, he said, Jonathan and Sienna will be in Terrifier 3. So I'm like, okay, so I can say this. <laughs> so, yeah. There will be Terrifier 3, and I will be. Yeah, yeah. He said He said that he's got a treatment up for 3, but it's, like, so big that he thinks he's going to have to split it into 2, which is going to be 4, you know, 4 movies at least in this series. So, I mean, I'd be able to know that you, you probably got at least more gigs booked in this series, and by the time Terrifier 4 comes out, you're in a full-blown uh, – you're a – you might be an icon, you know, by 20 years from now, because I'll tell you the truth. Terrifier didn't floor me the first time I saw it. I mean, I, I was knocked out. I, I was knocked out. That movie was just awesome. Like it hit every sweet spot for somebody that loves that kind of style and, and a very 80s throwback in a lot of ways. So like, how does it feel to know? Like, has your life changed? Like, are more, more people like, oh, you're the dude from Terrifier. Yes, it, my life has changed. Um, it has changed significantly. Um, uh, I, walking, uh, what, what was it? Oh, yes. So my la one of the last shows I did where I was playing music, um, I was waiting outside. Uh, I was doing a, playing a comic book store. And I was just chilling outside waiting. And then there was this old couple that walked by. And they're like, wait, are you that kid in, in Terrifier? I was like, yes, yes, I am. It was funny because like, I wouldn't expect them to, to watch the movie, but they ended up 
watching the movie. It was it was cute. Um, that I think yeah, I took a picture with them. But yes, like walking around like New York City, like once in a while, I'll get recognized. But also going to all, I'm, I've been doing uh, horror conventions, and I also have a horror convention in Ohio, Cincinnati called Horror Hound coming up, which I'm very excited for. And meeting all the fans, all the Terrifier fans, seeing the cosplay, uh, seeing the right. cool shirts. Um, it's just so surreal and it's so beautiful just to talk to the people that made this movie happen. Because, sure, I, I was in the movie, but I was just saying some lines and listening to Damien. The people that were able to make this movie was, of course, the producers, Damien, but also it was funded by... Indiegogo, um, and, and that is just straight up horror fans in the horror community, and the reason why this movie was uh, doing so well because of the horror community. They didn't have like promotion or anything set in it. it; it just kept getting extended and extended and extended in theaters because people were talking about it. So it, it was just such a truly beautiful thing. I got to tell you, it was a phenomenon. Like, it, that's not even just like, oh, yeah, it really took the world by storm. No, like, my major theater near me is, like, kind of uppity area, you know. Uh, it's higher class area, about 20 minutes away. And on opening night, that third sold out. Sold out, 9 o'clock showing in a pretty well-off area of town. So it was like, you didn't you didn't really expect that. Like, and I remember being in that theater, I was like, this is going to be something like this is this is just going to be something that I feel like we're witnessing the birth of something. And, and Christian and I have talked about that, too. So, I mean, congratulations to you for landing this role and not just landing it, but freaking nailing it, dude. Like you, you, great, nailed it. you were, you were yeah. great, Jonathan. I mean, I really, really liked your character a lot. I really liked your acting. And I swear if 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 I wasn't sold on you or Lauren, this movie would not have worked as well. I mean, I got a I feel for Jonathan. He was getting his ankle eaten for like 15 <laughs> minutes. Like, you know? You have no idea how much I truly appreciate you saying that. Like, thank you so much. Yeah. Elliot, let me let me, you know, it's interesting, Elliot. Like, there was a moment you, you're right, horror fans made this happen, but I feel like there was a moment where it got general. Listen, kid, Howard Stern started talking about it. I'll never forget. I was driving to work. Howard Stern goes, there's this terrifier movie. People are gagging in the theater. I'm like, oh, my God. Howard Stern's talking about this. Like, it blew. I've listened to Howard my whole life. Stephen and when King. he's. Yeah. It's Stephen King. And then they put the quote. Let me, let me ask you this, Ellie, because I'm really interested in kind of the like the intimate kind of stuff. Not trying to pry, but like. I imagine there's was there ever a moment while you're making this film that uh, when this when this movie's done, I guess do you do you talk to Damien being like, hey, I'm I can't wait to go online and look at reviews of this movie, and he's like, look, kid, just people are critics, be careful, you might see. Like, is there ever any is there any any kind of conversations about that? Do you look at reviews of this movie at all ever? I mean. Take me, take me. Okay, the movies come out. It's this smash success. I, you, I gotta imagine you're a curious kid. You're probably gonna go on YouTube, right? I mean, are you looking stuff up? I mean, seriously, you gotta, I'm yeah. sure you've watched a couple. And does he ever say to you, hey, just brace yourself? You did great, but just know that maybe. Is there any kind of conversation like that, or does he encourage you to go look into that kind of stuff? I, I think he might have mentioned that at one point, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't fully remember. But yes, I did look at reviews and stuff, and then look at at, at uh, 
the critics or whatever in the comments of the, the YouTube or whatever. I, I, yeah, I saw all that. Um, but the thing is, good or bad, I'm just glad that people enjoy the movie. You know, I'm just yeah. glad that people watch the, the critics movie, the liked it. movie. Yeah, the critics loved it, which was which is awesome. Um, but everything, I, I'm I'm just happy. I'm just simply happy with with how the movie turned out and uh the fact that the horror fans uh truly love the movie and does does damien even does it register to him what's going on is he could it, I, I could see this going one or two ways i i could see him being this determined guy that while this is going on he's like he's happy but he's like i knew this was gonna happen because we put in this work blah blah, blah. or is he is like shocked as everybody else when this movie comes out and it's it just keeps making more money and it keeps making more money. And they, what was his, if you can remember, what was I, his reaction? I, I think I mean, obviously it's just probably just as me, I, I just mind blown surprised. And, and uh, even while filming, filming the movie and filming terrifier too, I, I knew it was an awesome movie and I knew uh, like everything that Damien was doing uh, and uh, his vision and everything was truly awesome. And I was excited for it. It, would, it was a movie that I would be a fan of. Um, but, and I knew it, and I had a feeling it was going to do well, but it exceeded, <laughs> it exceeded my expectations and I had high expectations. Um, and I think it also exceeded Damien's expectations, but I, I, I'm not going to put words in his mouth or anything. Um, but, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if also exceeded his expectations and he is perfectionist. He wants the movie to be as perfect as possible. Um, he was doing uh, a lot of the editing too and putting the, together the movie. So not only was he writing it and directing it, uh, he was also doing special effects, the, the practical effects. He was also editing too. So he, he put his soul into this movie it was his life for that period of time life. he did horror, nothing else horror is damien's life it's his life he dedicates yeah. himself to it. yeah and i well, think and you can always tell yeah sorry no no ahead, you're good you're good well, I, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you oh no no, no. okay sorry um um if you want a director directing a horror movie i feel like they have to be truly dedicated to horror like damien is I think that's that's like the main thing, because if if you have a director that's able to talk about for hours some of their favorite horror movies, that means you know they know what they want because they're a fan of horror. Yeah. Movies. Mm. yeah. Do you yeah. think there well, was? A and, certain... and I want to go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You're good. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I want to ask you really, really quick, Elliot. I, there's a lot of fan theories. A lot of people have speculated this has been something that I feel like Damien intentionally teased in Terrifier Two, but didn't address i'm not going to ask you for answers whether you have them or not i just want to know you elliot the actor playing the role of jonathan do you have your own theories about their dad and maybe some possible connections to art and like are, are you are these going in your head like as you're thinking about a potential terrifier three are you like do you have elliot's theories of what this all means Oh, he knows. Look yes. at him. He knows. Oh, I, I actually don't know. I do <laughs> I'm have theories. I I'm do kidding. Have... <laughs> 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 All good. <laughs> yes, I do have theories, and I, I think about it. And um, 
mainly some of my theories and a lot of my theories are the ones that the fans have because watching the movie just makes sense when you think about it. Um, I don't know what Damien's going to do. Um, I don't know what he has in store for Terrifier 3, but I'm excited. Um, but I've seen all the theories where people think that maybe the dad is Art the Clown. Um, uh, it, I had like a really good theory and I'm blanking right now because I, okay. So when they said, uh, the dad killed himself in the fire or whatever, he drove into the, like, the electrical thing and the car caught on fire and they could hear the scream for forever, uh, for like for miles or whatever. Maybe, uh, Jonathan's dad, Jonathan Sienna's dad, isn't Arthur Clown, but maybe he was just someone that was just as obsessed with Arthur Clown as Jonathan was, and Arthur Clown just got to him. Because, I mean, how can you just drive straight into an electrical uh, unit? Um, and they were also, the mom was saying, I think at one point, oh uh, yeah, the, the dad was just, you know, going crazy, and he started uh, just, just, I, th well, I forget what the, what the exact line was, but, um, and that's what the mom thought Jonathan was like, oh, he's just going crazy. He's getting too obsessed or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Arthur Clown just appears, you know, and starts messing and terrorizing, uh, Sienna and Jonathan. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> theories are as fun. Uh, it's super fun, you know, to make theories about movies and stuff. I do it all the time. Do you but, run uh, it by Damien? Do you say, "Hey, Damien, I think I know what what." what the, do you, I mean, like, do you have these kind? Of, and does he listen, or do you just kind of leave him? Like, you know, what I, I mean? do you I, have that? I just leave him, leave him, leave him be because um, I'm sure any theory that I make or say, I'm sure he's heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Christian and I were wondering, we talked about the third act of the movie where you guys, it's its like a festival almost like mm -hmm. was that wasn't built, right? That was there. And they like you guys moved in on it, right? Like they didn't build that from from the ground up, right? Well, the, the Fright Factory. Oh, like, like, yeah. like the like the last uh, sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, with yes, the rides are and stuff. Yes, that was uh, that was uh, called the Fright Factory. It's in Philadelphia. Um it was this cool horror haunt thing that we filmed in for, for a while. And it was, that was actually some of my favorite scenes because I just loved the way it looked and loved like lighting. And, and of course that's when a lot of like a lot of action was happening. This movie is very action packed, <laughs> but I loved the, like just a lot of the action in the end as well. What was your hardest day on set where it's just like, it felt like it was never going to end. And cause I can't imagine it's all sunshine and rainbows on set. It sounds fun. Right. But I imagine you worked your butt off and you probably had days where you're like, I don't, <laughs> not that you don't want to do this, but like, this is, this is a little bit more than I bargained for. Or was it just so planned out so well that Damien had everything running like a smooth ship? Honestly, I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of filming. I, I, I've, lived for it i mean it was really? like, it was always been my dream to act in a horror movie and to be in terrifier 2 i mean it was literally a dream come true but uh, i would say my hardest day on set it didn't feel like forever or whatever but um my hardest day on set was uh the last day i was on set <laughs> as nerdy oh, as you're sad I was, yeah i was sad i didn't want it to end and it was also kind of hard it was uh, the last scene was me running down the steps and running up the steps that's what they filmed like when i was running away uh from from mom after she slapped me and then i ran back in and saw art the clown um that just running those steps for some reason was kind of hard because i think it was like ice icy steps or rained or something 
So I wanted to make it look, you know, of course I was urgently running away, but I was trying to be careful too at the same time. But yes, it was, it was just, you know, I felt bad because I didn't want the set life to end anymore. I wanted to, to film forever and ever and ever and ever and ever with some of my favorite people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, are there, I was just going to ask, are there moments that are like supposed to be like frightening and they are when you see them on screen, they're like unsettling, but like you as an actor, you're like, at times where you like laugh and it ruins a take, like for example, like the mashed potatoes in the face, like, come on, like that is disgusting. But like, if you're a horror fan, you're kind of laughing at that. You're like, this is gnarly. Like, were there any yeah. moments like that where you're supposed to be like, Oh my God, but you're like laughing about it. Oh yeah. We, we had our, our, our fair share of just fun moments on set. Like uh, let's say if one of us farted or something, uh, like, <laughs> uh, me and Dave, uh, David had like these fun fart offs. A little bit uh I, I there was like a i think there was like a little uh time when we were just trying to prove to each other who farted the most or something or ha- who had the best farts or something it's, sorry that sounds disgusting but uh, <laughs> no, it's funny we're all dudes here it's dude just, it's all good uh, um actually <laughs> the very first days when i was on set and nobody heard it except for uh, my dad and i'm pretty sure or maybe my mom was there as well uh, <laughs> i had to fart uh, <laughs> and basically what i did is i didn't want anyone to hear so i walked into a different room but it was a stairwell and i didn't think so when i had an echo my dad and i were dying of laughter but uh yeah we had we had our fun fun times on set laughing and having a good time you know before we end this ellie i gotta ask you about the actor that played art the clown uh, uh david. david now he, we hear about these actors in some of our favorite horror films like i think uh i, I don't know I, I i believe kane hodder like to keep distance on the set and things like that and i imagine tell me if i'm wrong i imagine david had this character figured out so well even by a part two that damien probably didn't tell him hey can you try it like this or try it like that it seems like the, it's part of the guy's dna at this point I, am i right in that capacity to where dave uh to where damien really didn't have to give uh, david thornton a lot of direction i think they are an iconic duo together i think uh both of them combined creates a special magic and of course Damien is extremely talented, and of course, David is extremely, extremely talented in uh, doing his uh, improv improvisations or like adding like a little thing with a trinket or whatever. I don't know, like maybe the glasses or something. Right. Um, but I think they have fun together. From what I've seen, there's just a lot of uh, the, both of them doing their own thing, and like David will do his own thing, and then Damien would also say, "Oh, I love that." Uh, that was awesome, but maybe also try this or whatever. And then David would do that, but then maybe he will do this. David would also do that in the in the scene. So it's like an iconic, magical duo. Yeah, it's a respect and no ego kind of thing. That's yes. what it sounds like. Oh, that's magic. Yeah, that's they truly have magic together. Yes. Now, does he screw around with you on set or like like? Because to me, look, I'm 30 years old, but if if he was in the room with me, and he just was looking at me, eventually I would start to get pretty creeped out does he stay in the character kind of thing or does he goof around eating potato chips in the makeup talking like hey man like did you hear the new did you hear the new what what's and what like what is he like you know what i mean he's he's very good at turning it on and off 
So yeah. like he can so uh, in between takes he's David. He is David. He cracks jokes. He has fun. You know he goes around and then action. And he turns to Dark the Clown. He like can just turn it on like a flip. Turn it on and off. Yes. That's crazy to me. He, he he's so talented. Who won the fart off? Well, well, if if that was Dave, if you asked that to David, David would probably say himself. But since you're asking it to me, I'm gonna say me. I okay. I, I am I am a uh, ultimate. I am the ultimate fartist. Yeah. As uh, I'm sorry, that was the worst joke. No, I've no, ever. the audience needed to know that. <laughs> they, you can't leave them hanging talking about a fart off, and then you know we need to know right. the one. That is right. My entire life yeah. I'm dedicated to having the best farts. So. All right. Elliot, while we wrap this up, man, I want to say again, thank you for giving us some of your time. Um, dude, what is, what do you want to do next? I mean, do you, now that you've done this, I I imagine you, you've got other mountains you want to climb. Are there things you want to do? Are you riding the wave? You've got your music, uh, is at you, do you want to do more acting? Are you going out of more auditions? I love the way you said ride the wave because that's that's how I kind of try to live life and, and live right. doing everything, whether it's uh, music or acting. Um, it just kind of comes uh, – I kind of just live life where everything is just a big, giant sequence. Um, I take a day-to-day like you're also talking about. It's the way to go. So, today I'm talking – I'm feeling music. I've been doing music. Uh, tomorrow I'll be probably doing music. If I have an audition the next day, uh, that means I'll be doing that audition. And, yes – there, it's been uh, for acting wise. It's been a lot of auditions, auditions, and auditions, and auditions. But right. I love doing them. I will never stop. I would love to be in more horror movies. Um, so if you're a, a horror director watching this, uh, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, if you, could go, if you could go into one of, I was just gonna say, if you could go into one of the big three franchises, which one would it be, and why? Hmm. I give you a hint, Elliot. No, don't say it. No. No. Hey, I love. I love, I'll, I'll give you a hint. I I love Scream. I love that hat. Halloween. Oh man. I I'm gonna say the one I would probably best fit would probably be the Scream. Would probably be my best fit. Okay. Uh, hey, because, they're gonna make another one, so uh, yeah, get your audition. I in. dig that. Uh, but but here's the thing. I'd be down for any of them. But um, I I think Scream is just um, the original Scream. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, and yeah, I would say Scream. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Elliot, dude, again, you're awesome. Thank you for giving me your time. I, you know, when, when we were, when this movie came out, I really was thinking about who I would have liked to have talked, have talked to about this movie. And you were my pick. So I'm so glad that I so was much. able to get in contact with you. Um, top five favorite bands. And then I'm going to let you go. Ooh, okay. And this is just bands in general. Bands in general, man. Because I need to, I need to get a sense of where you are with your music taste at your age, so I can gauge it how I was at when I was eighteen, just out of sheer curiosity. And you could tell a lot about somebody when they say their top five favorite bands. Anyway, I like to to, to have a big uh, uh, mix. So first up, I have a Radiohead tattoo. I love Radiohead, and that was one of the main artists that inspired me for uh, my album. So I'd say number one is Radiohead. And this is when it comes to bands. If it was artists, just artists in general, it would be a completely different story. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Radiohead, number one. Queen, number two, because they were just such a huge part of my life, and I love Queen. Um, oof. 
I'd go Metallica because there's a huge part of my life. I have to throw in some punk. Uh, he was like a black flag uh, kid to me. You're very right on that. A mom, yeah. my mom's soul is broken because she loves Descendants, and I love Descendants too. But Black Flag is definitely one of my favorite punk bands of all time. Um, and then to have a final pick, a final choice, um, uh, I'm gonna. Ooh, the final choice is always the hardest. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. Are you? Uh, before, before, like, I want you to throw me a curveball. Are you into like The Cure, or are you into I love the like? Cure. I love The okay. Cure. I love Depeche Mode. Joy Division. I'll say The Cure is my is my fifth pick. Really? That's awesome, dude. I, that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm. Elliot, this is for bands, not artists. Elliot Smith, if, if we said artists and just artists, Elliot Smith would be number one. Elliot, okay. Artist. That's awesome. I mean, are you an Alice Cooper fan? That's my That guy saved my life. I'm seeing Alice for my second time in May, and I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited to see Alice live. I He's my Al- hero. I, I love Alice Cooper. I actually got to meet Alice Cooper um, at, at, at a, a dealership, at a, uh, a car dealership because he was doing a signing. Um, and uh, it was a long line, but that line was so worth it because I, it was. I love Alice Cooper, one of my favorite uh, bands growing up. And I also have a signed, I have an Alice Cooper Hello Hooray uh, signed by him and the original band because the original band was also the original band. Dude, you are awesome. That is so cool. <laughs> like you. when I was 18, dude, I would whatever was popular, I was listening to. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but when you find the music that you can call home, so to speak, and the bands that become part of your DNA, that's the day you start living. You know what I mean? And like it took me a while to get there. Yes. But I'm there now, you know. So yes, welcome. <laughs> yeah. So Nick, you got anything, any final thoughts for Elliot before we wrap it? No, nah, man, I, I know, uh, you know, we, we don't want to keep you too long and, and we appreciate you coming on. And I, I mean, I echo everything Christian said, love you in the movie. Um, really great to see you thriving and, and uh, to just kind of, I don't know, going day by day, just keep doing that, man. And uh, we really, really hope to see you in more horror stuff because uh, you've earned your place. That's for sure. You've Thank earned you. it, kid. And when you, and when you do Terrifier 3, you come back on our show. I'm yes. down. Okay. I'm down. Uh, I had an absolute pleasure talking to you both, and thank you for having me on the show, having me on the podcast. It was a ton of fun. I love talking uh, to you both, and you both had some awesome questions. I enjoyed it. Thank Good you. times. Thank and, you. To our, and to our listeners, we appreciate you listening. Be sure to go follow Elliot. Go to his Instagram. Go follow him there, Little Punk People. Subscribe to the YouTube. You're about to hit 100,000 subs on Little Punk People. From yeah. what I saw, and that's amazing. You get that plaque. <laughs> Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll get it. You'll get it. All right. For our, our viewers, thank you so much. We love you. We and love we'll see you guys you. next time.